0: Title of tonight's message is A Stumbling Stone, Rock of Offense. A stumbling stone and a rock of offense. In verse 32 of Romans 9, that is the statement. But as we study this, whether we get through all of 9 tonight or not is irrelevant. But just think of that statement, a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. It's talking about Jesus Christ, that he's a stumbling stone and he is a rock of offense. Now, that is for the world, definitely. Paul, in this letter to the Romans, as we looked at last time in the first few verses of chapter 9 Paul is trying to plead his case. He his heart is broken for his fellow Israelites, the Jewish people that they are not seeing something that's very plain and evident to them. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the promised one that was told about in all the scriptures. All of the Old Testament talks about Jesus Christ. Almost every line talks about Jesus as a Messiah, but they missed it, they stumbled over it. We know, Jesus, that he's the rock of our salvation. He's the one we stand on, but I want to throw this at you tonight. I also believe that Jesus Christ, we have times that we stumble over him. One of the things that we've seen in the first eight chapters of Romans is that it's this constant battle every day with the spirit and the flesh. No one is immune from this. No one. It doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter their title. They are a creation of God, and as long as we are walking on this earth, we can stumble. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to throw that out again. How many times do you and I stumble over Jesus Christ? Because we're in the flesh. We're not in the spirit. Now, young people, this is so important if you can grasp this. That if you can understand that if you get absolutely surrendered to the Lord at your age, right now, And not wait until you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s. The amount of abundant life that Jesus Christ has promised to you and where you can go with Him in that adventure on this earth is unbelievable. For many of us, it's taken 30, 40 years or more to understand that. As a teacher, as a coach, I don't want to see it for you young people. No matter how young you are or where you are in your 20s or in your teenage years. Grasp that now. And for everybody else that's outside of that 20-year-old and below. Grasp it that there is a Caleb in the scriptures. There is there are people over 80 years old that the God used mightily while they were still walking on this earth. So as we jump into Romans tonight, Think of the title, A Stumbling Stone and a Rock of Offense. And you might find some of the things that we cover tonight will be a stumble to you or offensive to you. But understand that's God magnifying your heart for you to let go of something and to grab tighter onto Him. Okay, let's look at Romans chapter 9, verse 6. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise at this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. In verse 6 it says, But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. See, the argument was, well, if God was, if Jesus who he said he was, and God's word is so powerful, why aren't the Jewish people seeing this? Why isn't all of Israel saved? Well, how many people in this church, how many people that are so-called Christians have heard the gospel, but yet they're not believers in Christ? And when I say a believer, even Satan believes. The demons believe. So it's more than you and I just believing. It's us having an actual outcome of our faith, a fruit. There's fruit being produced as a result of our abiding in Christ, there's got to be fruit. There's got to be something produced in your life that wasn't there before as a result of your walk with Jesus. Is it there? It's not there in the demon's life, they believe. It's not there in Satan's life, they believe. They produce dead fruit. Dead fruit makes people sick and poison, and death comes as a result of it. In that verse 6, it says, but it is not that the Word of God has taken no effect. I'm looking right now at a, a group of people that the Word of God has taken an effect in. You're looking at someone who the Word of God has taken an effect in. Regardless of our problems, regardless of things that we're struggling with, God has touched you to the point that you're here in a church that teaches a scripture verse by verse. That does not happen by chance, everybody. You have been called, you have been selected, and tonight you're listening. Tonight you responded to the call of God. But you stumble. I stumble. Because we're not always in that place and we need to be it's important that we are it's crucial that we are it's imperative that we are there will be a falling away one day of believers so-called believers but those really called by God will not fall away there will be a remnant God doesn't lie how cool is that he's not a liar I'm a liar I'm a liar. That's one of the sins over my lifetime. I've lied. That makes me a liar. I'm a sinner. I recognize lies. You can recognize a liar if you're a liar. It's pretty cool, right? It takes one to know one. That's right. It takes one to know one. Okay? So we're all sinners. All sinners. We recognize sin. But God is not a liar. What he says, he accomplishes. There was a magnet years ago, and some of you might have remembered it. said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Do you remember that? So You could put it on your refrigerator in your office. There were bumper stickers. Okay? God said it, Jesus did it, I believe it. Amen, Mike. Amen. And I saw that magnet. I said, oh, i got to have it. That's awesome. But guess what? As I grew in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, it changed. God said it, said it. That settles it, whether I believe it or not. See, it's not on what I believe that makes it true. Who am I? Who are you? There are men and women who represent in our country, in our world, God. They represent God. They're looked upon by millions of people. Some call them infallible. No man is infallible. Peter, who many call the first pope, right, wasn't infallible. He denied Jesus a few times. That's not infallible. So what God says settles it, whether you like it, whether I like it. It doesn't matter. You have in your hand a supernatural book that proves that everything that God has ever said or promised has come to pass. Or if it hasn't been fulfilled yet in prophecy, will come to pass. It's going to happen. Jesus is going to come back one day. There is a heaven, there is a hell, there is sin. See, sin does not change. The same sin that was back in the days of Adam and Eve and throughout history are the same sins today. Doesn't matter who says, it changes. Doesn't matter. God said it, that settles it, whether you or I like it or not. Once we get to that point that we really believe that everything in God's Word is true and put there for a reason, we will stumble less over the things that come into our path. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, verse 6 concludes. Now remember, Israel means governed by God. So let's just put that in there for a second. For they are not all governed by God who are governed by God. Hmm, doesn't make sense. How about this one? For they are not all governed by God who are born, who are part of the Jewish heritage. They're not all governed by God. It's a choice. You're not just born in to the family of God. You can't be. It's God doesn't have grandkids. You can't, inha- you can't go that way. If I'm a Christian, doesn't make my daughter a Christian. My mom's a Christian, doesn't make me a Christian. It's an individual choice that you have to make, that I have to make, that we made. But what are we still stumbling on in God's Word? If you don't read God's Word, if you have no knowledge of it, What happens? You get stumbled on things in this world that maybe if you knew what God was saying, you would recognize it and not stumble over what's coming into your path because Jesus is alerting you to that situation. Verse 8. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. I want to read that part again. Those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Are counted as the seed. Turn with me to Galatians, please. Chapter 3, verse 15. Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. Starting with verse 15. Brothers, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed. Look at that word. Look at seed everybody. It should be capitalized in your scripture. And in his seed were the promises made. He does not say and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect for if the inheritance is of the law it is no longer of promise but God gave it to Abraham by promise everybody this is huge this was done in the Old Testament we see Jesus Christ in the very opening Of Genesis in the beginning when God killed the animals and shed blood and clothed Adam and Eve Adam and Eve could say no God I don't want your blood covering with those animal skins I want to stay in my fig leaves I don't want your solution but God showed, in that killing, a covering. That covering, as we look back, was none other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ, who doesn't cover our sins. He forgives them. He throws them away, as far as the east is from the west, in a sea of forgetfulness. In this scripture... These are not the chil- those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. And in that next verse we see: for this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. The son that she had was Isaac. Isaac. Wasn't the son that Abraham had with Hagar? Seven years earlier, it was still Abraham's son, but it was a son of the flesh. It was a son of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar's doing. It wasn't something that God said to do. The son of the promise was the one that God blessed Sarah's womb with when she was barren. He brought death. He brought life from death he brought life from death that is the promised son the one that came from Sarah and Abraham Isaac so you see there is spiritual birth when you cling to the promise of God's Word there's spiritual life when you cling to the promise of God's word. What was the promise of God's word here? At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. That was God's word. That was the promise. You can look back thousands of years and see the fulfillment of that prophecy and where it led through the line of Isaac. Because Isaac gives birth, his wife gives birth, to Jacob. From the line of Jacob, Jacob, as it continues in the spiritual family tree, is none other than the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus didn't come out of the line of Ishmael, who was that son of the flesh. And there's a religion today that's being faked out following Ishmael as that promised son of Abraham. No, no. God said it. That settles it. Whether we believe it or not or anybody else believes it or not, it settles it. Now, God chose Abraham. He chose Isaac to be the son of the promise. Let's continue on. And not only this, but when Rebekah also conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, there's a continuation, everybody, of that family tree, the spiritual tree. Verse 11, For the children, not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, The older shall serve the younger." As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. So let's look at, before we get to 14, let's just look at 10 through 13, because there's some stuff in here. Now, the next thing that we're going to look at is God's promise to Abraham was to have a son from the Spirit. We see that in Isaac. But now some people might say, well, what's so special there? Well, one of the things that's special is, Sarah was barren. She was 90 years old. Abraham was 100 years old. They were past the child bearing years. There was life from dead situations. Are you in a dead situation? Do you think there's something going on in your life that is a dead end, or there's death? Understand that you serve a resurrected God who brings life out of dead situations. You as a Christian and me as a Christian shouldn't be hopeless because we serve a God of hope. There is life in God. Now what he's showing us here, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You see, in this verse, when Rebecca had conceived in verse 10, notice the next verse. For the children not yet being bored nor having done any good or evil. These two kids in the womb, the twins, what did they do to achieve any merit? What did they do? Nothing. They're in the womb. They're swimming around there's nothing going there's nothing but notice how God according to that word election everybody you've you've been called remember in the other verses of Romans you've been called you've been predestined you've been ordained you're called by God you can reject the calling you can walk away from his calling or you can listen and respond by his grace he's calling you now, like the twins in the womb there's nothing special about you or me there was nothing special about Jacob and Esau nothing it was God's election he chose to choose Jacob he chose that Jacob was nothing special if you know anything about Jacob what was What was he? He was a deceiver. He was a heel catcher. He was a conniver. Huh? God chose him? Why didn't he choose Esau? Well, choose Esau. Go ahead. He threw away his birthright for food. Real man of integrity. Real guy that stuck to his guns. Not easily persuaded. Want a steak and baked potato? Oh, yeah, you can have my birthright. I'm hungry. How easy do you and I give up the things of God for the things of the world? How easy do we stumble over the rock that is Jesus for something of the flesh that's temporary? It's two young ladies I just met today, 9 and 11. I told them, what I tell you girls, I used to be (laughs) 9, I used to be 11. I used to be their ages combined, (laughs) but not anymore, it's temporary. What I'm looking at is temporary, what you're looking at is temporary. We're on our travels, pilgrimage to an eternal destination. God sends his word into our lives for a purpose. It has a purpose to achieve. So just like this with Esau and Jacob, you might stumble over this. Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Don't. Don't stumble on that. Okay, because there's a couple things here. One is, in this particular part, he just chose one over the other. It's not because he hated Esau. He loved Esau. Esau was one of his creations. But if you check out the verse in the Old Testament, all that's talking about is Esau is also known as the Edomites. And the Edomites warred against against Israel. They were mean to the children of the promise. And God hated the Edomites for what they were doing the things that they were doing to the Israelites. God wants the Edomites, or wanted the Edomites, to be saved. And I'm sure there were Edomites that were called and chose the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But as a nation, they were after the Israelites. We can see that today. There's countries at war against us. There's people within our own countries that kick our flag around. Desecrate, desecrate synagogues and churches, all in the name of Jesus Christ. Think of that one. It's not the Jesus of the Bible, it's the Jesus that they're constructing, Just like they made idols to look like men and look like women. There are people that are making God look like the God that they want to serve. But that's not the real Jesus. That's not the God of the Bible. Verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Now remember, Paul is talking to people. And these are things that he's hearing in a society that is anti-Jesus. You have the Romans with their pagan gods and pagan temples. You have the rabbis and the Pharisees with their synagogues and walking around like holy men. People are choosing the Roman gods, the Jewish god, a combination of the both. They're doing that today. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. What are we seeing in our society today? We're seeing the God of Christianity being mixed up with all these other religions. And those, like you and me, if we stand out and say, no, you can't do that. You can't mix all that together. You can't mix Jesus Christ with Buddha or Islam or Confucius. You can't do that. Jesus stands alone. It's Jesus and nothing else. But how can you say that, Vinny? I didn't. I didn't. I'm just repeating what shows in the Bible. There's only one God. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways. I'm one of the truths. He's it. There's nothing else. God said it. That settles it. Doesn't matter what I believe. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what the world believes. God sends his word forth, and it will be accomplished. We will stand on the side of victory one day and see all of history, his story, all of his story, and all the things that happened in it led to the conclusion that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one who's standing with Jesus came to Him on any other way but through the cross of Jesus Christ and through the power of the resurrection and the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. That's life-changing. Should be. Should be. God is, God is righteousness. How can He be unrighteous? God is righteousness. There's no other righteousness but in God. Verse 15. For he says to Moses, now we turn our attention to someone else right now. Okay, we're turning to Moses, another hall of famer. Another hall of famer. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion, so that it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of him who shows mercy. I know somebody told you you're wonderful today. I know somebody told you you were awesome today. You can keep those. Okay? Sorry. I wanted to give it to them. I just wanted to bless them. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. I just want to give it to them. Okay? Form of grace, form of mercy. Just chose them, okay? God has shed His grace on all of you. He has shed His mercy on all of you. Everybody here, sit in here. He's done that already. You and I deserve to go to hell. Amen. We're not going. <laughs> not happening. He saved us. That's awesome. What's bothering you today? Guys, you're not going to hell. (laughs) That's a reality. That's true. God is not a liar. God is not a liar. His promises are true. He's a God of promise. He's a God of His word. What are we stumbling on? What's keeping us? What's offending us? I'll tell you what it is. It's your flesh which plays out as sin. Jesus died on the cross. We need to die with Him. Jesus resurrected from the dead. We become born again. He modeled the death that we need to die. Not physically, of course, spiritually. We need to spiritually die. We're crucified with Him. Christ. It's no longer us that lives, but it's Christ with us. Okay? So you're crucified with Christ. When you become born again, you're a new creature. The old is gone. But the flesh is always trying to creep in there and get you. Always there. But are you a child of the flesh or are you a child of the promise? If you're born again, you're a child of the promise you should be getting further and further away from the child of the flesh remember Abraham sent away Hagar and Ishmael because there was a conflict with the child of the promise what is it in your life in my life that conflicts with our spirit we need to send it away we need to stay as far away from it as possible how do we do that? Well if it's something that you're looking at in the quietness of your home you need to take that computer or whatever it is you're looking at smash it or get a protection on that computer by somebody else in your house they know the code, they, they lock it you're accountable if you can't do that you've got a major problem everybody Honest, and it's just going to get you deeper and deeper into a hole that you may never recover from. If it's a drink or a drug, you got to stop going to those areas that pull you in and walk further and further away from it. Just like Abraham and Sarah did with Isaac, they separated themselves from the child of the flesh. Understand today, over in the Middle East, that, that those offspring are still butt in heads. Ishmael's offspring and Isaac's offspring are still battling. But understand, God is so wonderful and awesome, He takes the history of the world and shows you your individual walk with Him. Just like the flesh and spirit are struggling over there supernaturally, the flesh and spirit are struggling within each of us. Your faith needs to grow. Because when your faith grows, you're able to distance yourself from the child of the flesh. And the only way your faith grows is by you getting into God's Holy Word. That will separate you and me and make us strong and able to walk away faster too. And recognize what we've got to walk away from. Because there's probably some things that we're doesn't seem too bad, but it's grieving God's Holy Spirit. It's keeping us from being right on the same page with Jesus Christ and the Father and His Holy Spirit. There's something that's just getting us a little off course. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 33, Verse twelve. Exodus chapter thirty three, Verse twelve. Okay, and is Exodus thirty three, Verse twelve. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Lord, bring up this people. But you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. How many times do you and I miss a blessing? Because we want somebody to go with us. When the Lord is prompting you to do something, and you say, oh, I, "I wish you know He would go with me or she go with me," or, "Where's my wife right now?" And God, I think, it wants us to just act at the moment, before the moment becomes past. Verse 13. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us home from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion." Wow, huh? That's pretty heavy, what's going on in those passages there. Notice, I love verse 16, and I believe this applies to you and me also. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And that included the Jewish people who did not believe the promise as well as the non-Jewish people who were just in the world that had no clue what was going on. But you have been called, you have been chosen, you have been selected. Do you know God's promise to you? Do you know his promises? Do you cling on to those promises? Verse 16. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So then it is not of him who wills, in verse 16, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. See, it's not a matter of your will. I will to be, Lord, I will to be a real, real good person. Lord, I will to be saved. Or it's not to him who runs, who attains it. In other words, does everything. Crawls on his knees to, uh, you park your car down in the park at Thompson Park, and I'm going to crawl on my knees. I'm going to crawl on all fours up to Calvary Chapel, Jamesburg. I'm going to attain. I'm going to attain holiness by getting my knees and my hands all cut up. No. bigger could Good physical, mental strength thing. But it has nothing to do with holiness or separateness to God. See, you're off base. You're not seeing it. You're not understanding that it's not if we will it or we try to attain it. But notice but it's simply of God who shows mercy hey guys girls I give you my grace God says I give you my riches I give you my mercy I give you my grace I give you blessings you don't deserve it but I give it to you I love you and I show you my mercy you deserve to go to hell but you're not going that's mercy. Imagine if he gave you and me justice. Oh boy. I don't want God's justice. You don't want his justice. You want his grace and mercy. Stay there. Stay in his grace. Stay in his mercy. And let's finish tonight with uh, one more. For this verse 17, for the scripture says to Pharaoh, think of the people we've seen tonight, all selected by God. Everybody that we've looked at is selected, but remember, you're called and selected too. But let's check out this guy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, Mr. Pharaoh, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth wow huh? Pharaoh was an enemy of Moses but understand that God shed his grace and mercy on Pharaoh also he did he did we know at least nine or ten times he did with all those plagues God was trying to shake Pharaoh to wake him but it didn't work sadly it didn't work But notice, it was God's purpose to raise up Pharaoh. That God could show his power in Pharaoh. Why? So Pharaoh could have a sphinx? So Pharaoh could be painted on a wall? So we could be talking about Pharaoh as a hero of history? No. Look at the last line of verse 17. That my name, the holy name, of God Almighty may be declared in all the earth. That's the only reason he raised up Pharaoh. So in our history today, in our present day, it doesn't matter who the prime minister is of Israel. doesn't matter who the president of the United States is. doesn't matter who our governor is. doesn't matter who the principal superintendent of our schools are. Everyone is chosen for a reason. Now, here's where you and I got to be fruit inspectors. We need to be fruit inspectors. Are those people who are put in positions of authority children of the Spirit or children of the flesh? If they're children of the flesh, by all means, pray for them for their salvation. Watch their decrees, the things that they're passing down. Because they're probably just trying to do it for political gain and to elevate their name, their power, their prestige. But oh, you find one that's a children of the flesh, uh, spirit, I'm sorry, children of the spirit, pray for them that God's anointing may be on them and that they may declare to all the earth the name of the king of kings, Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. Because until Jesus Christ packs this earth away and brings down the new Jerusalem, a new heaven and a new earth, there will always be the conflict of the people of the flesh and the people of the spirit. You and I need to understand that we can't be in the middle. We've got to be on the side of the children of the spirit because that's exactly who you are and I are, because that's who Jesus Christ shed His blood for, you and me. We were bought with the price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He has given you and me His Spirit to leave here tonight to live an abundant life, governed by God, and to glorify His name. And through that, the blessings that will be showered on you and me will be many. And they will help us through the trials and tribulations that come our way too. Because we're not immune from that. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you.